Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from the Palmieri apartment building discussing the 2014 supernatural horror film, Annabelle. Annabelle was directed by John Leonetti and written by Gary Doberman. It serves as the first spinoff in the Conjuring franchise, expanding on the insidious doll that was featured in the first film. Despite mixed reviews, the film was a monetary success, paving the way for further films in the Conjuring universe. This film, and the Conjuring movies as a whole, was recommended to us by friends of the show Kent and Allison. They've always been super supportive and we truly appreciate it. Follow their awesome dog on Instagram at super underscore mutant underscore alien underscore baby. Thanks, guys. So what did you guys think of Annabelle the first time you saw it? It was okay. It wasn't spectacular, but I mean, it was it was okay. <laughs> I think, honestly, that was my biggest problem with it was that it was just all right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like nothing. Now, they might have set themselves up for failure a little bit coming off of The Conjuring and then yeah. going to this one because it's like The Conjuring is a great film. It is. So you kind of have a lot to live up to. I think to have meh as a review is worse than it being like, this sucks. It was horrible, or, yeah. You know, because it's not really a matter of hating this film, because I don't hate this film. Right. It's just that I think what I expected from it, I didn't really get. And part of that might be because James Wan didn't direct it. Mm-hmm. I remember reading that at the time, what we thought was that James Wan was retired from horror. Like, that was it. Oh, wow. And that's what I recall the reason why he didn't direct Annabelle. And so when he came back to direct The Conjuring 2, everybody lost their shit because they're like, okay, yeah, sweet. He was like, surprise, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that surprises me is that John Leonetti is very competent. He made, uh, he was the DP for the majority of James Wan's films. Yeah. He was the DP on Child's Play 3, like a bunch of random films mm-hmm. throughout time in the genre. So it's like, I feel like this might have either been studio meddling or just an odd misstep. I wonder, like you said, studio meddling, if there were changes to an original story or they were made to add stuff. Like, I don't, I feel like this movie is confused and I will elaborate more on that later. But I'm confused. (laughs) It was for a few reasons, kind of a miss for me. And like you said, T, it's not bad it's not no i can't even be like don't don't watch annabelle it's horrible because it's not not. but damn was it disappointing i can say that yeah i i that was a lot of i just it wasn't bad but (laughs) it just didn't understand a lot of stuff that was going on it is inadequate yeah yeah Yeah. i think the thing fine (laughs) i what i'm bothered by is that okay set aside for a moment what you believe about annabelle the doll in real life Mm -hmm. and we'll say that whatever happened in the conjuring with annabelle the doll is a true story Mm -hmm. what happens in this film is completely fictional and i feel like that also could be a problem because maybe because they didn't have a real thing to draw upon Uh, i didn't think about that but that is an excellent point you know they're like we got to come up with something and then they came up with this and it just didn't work that's an excellent point maybe if they would have done the real origin story it would have been a it would have made for a more interesting film for me. But you know, we'll get into it. Yeah, I don't wanna start this film on such a down note. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like we're disappointed. But you know <laughs> I just think that uh all the elements were there for a good movie to be made and it was just kind of a misfire. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, before we put this movie on a shelf, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's conjure it up. So before the film starts, we get a note about dolls being cherished and loved by children since the beginning of civilization, but also they're used as conduits for good and evil and religious rights. So it takes a turn. It takes a turn. Like people love dolls, man, but they're fucking evil sometimes. <laughs> Voodoo dolls. Yeah. I mean, I get it, Little but kid dolls. don't say the sweet part. Just and are say those, those are the only three things that yeah, dolls. That's, that's it. it. No. Yeah. So we get a close-up shot on Annabelle's face as a woman's explaining that Annabelle began showing signs of possession that were small at first, but then they got in touch with the medium who told them she was possessed by a young girl named Annabelle Higgins. So they started feeling sorry for the doll and then things got worse. The girl talking explains that the doll was a birthday gift from her mom. And for those of us who have seen The Conjuring, we recognize these girls from The Conjuring. (laughs) Right. when they're trying to get help from Ed Warren. So the first scene in Annabelle is the first scene in The Conjuring. Correct. I think it bothers me because it's like, well, I would imagine anybody that's going to see Annabelle has already seen The Conjuring. Right. So, so none of this needed. No. But continue. So the camera zooms way in on Annabelle, which may be about 75% of this film. <laughs> but the camera zooms way in on Annabelle and the music swells and then it fades to black. Before we go any further, we got to get it out of the way. As we said on the Conjuring episode, the design of this doll is fucking horrible. Who would want this? Nobody would yeah, want this. Why would you keep that ugly it's ass doll? It's disgusting. Like, <laughs> it never looked good. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I don't understand, but it never comes up. Nobody's like, who? <laughs> Dolls fucking scary. And then it started with those nurses all living in the same house, but not one of them is like, oh, you're not bringing that in here. I don't care. <laughs> Absolutely Your fucking not. mom, your grandma gave it to you. I don't care. <laughs> but they just let it in. So when the nurses are explaining everything about it, they said that they needed to give the little girl permission to, I guess, possess the doll or to use the doll as a vessel or whatever. Right. You can't help that little girl anymore. <laughs> no. She's dead. No. You don't you think she like, wants to live in the body yeah, of the doll? No, no, no. You and can go away. Have you, you never been tricked before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, geez. That just, that just sounds But like, they like helping people. Not a ghost. <laughs> not like that. No. And unfortunately, this is the part of the film where the based on a true story ends. Right. Everything from here on out is the fiction. Uh, well, depending oh, on what you yeah. believe. Because if you ask <laughs> me... <laughs> So next thing, we're on the outside of a church and next to a statue of what looks like a demon, we get the title card, Annabelle. Annabelle's in bright red. Everything else fades to black and white. It looks pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It does. Uh, I haven't been to a church really ever, ever. (laughs) (laughs) but do most churches have sculptures of the actual devil? Uh, I mean, some of them them? have gargoyles and stuff. That looks like a demon. Yeah, not like that. Straight evil. Yeah, not like that. We get a card that says Santa Monica, California, one year earlier. So inside the church, Father Perez, played by Tony Amendola, is preaching to his congregation about sacrifice and God's love. And I'm sure that's not going to come up later. Oh, no. um, (laughs) In their pew, Mia and John, played by Annabelle Wallace and Ward Horton, are busying themselves in a thumb war. Why are you here? (laughs) You can do this at home. Mia is quite pregnant, and the man 
in the pew next to them, who we'll meet later as Pete Higgins, played by Brian Howe, notices them and is kind of smiling like, oh, those kids. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't expect that from this dude. No. In the 1960s, no. it's older. He would be like, get your <laughs> to yourself. And, you know. If I'm going to be honest, I didn't know that they were thumb wrestling when I watched it the first time. What did you think they were doing? I just thought they <laughs> well, were just from, like, honestly, <laughs> like touching hands or whatever. I was like, what the fuck are they Honestly, doing? the first view that we get of them in the pew, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't look, look like a thumb yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's happening? Like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, it's not a war, but someone's getting beat. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> So after the service, Pete kind of jokes to them about it. But then he's like, where's my wife? Yeah. Basically. And Mia volunteers to go find her. She finds his wife, Sharon, played by Carrie O'Malley, just inside the church praying. Like, it's not like she <laughs> wandered off. Sharon immediately knows that her husband kind of sent Mia to look for her. And she's like, I swear one day he thinks I'm just going to run off too. It's like, a hmm, very well, odd thing not, to say. Yeah. And Mia looks uncomfortable. (laughs) But later on, the four have clearly carpooled to church because they're all driving home together. When they get out of the car, they kind of stop for chit chat. And Sharon asks them if they've thought of any names for the baby. Mia clearly tries to dismiss it. And John's like, nah, let's, you know, I have a few. Starts running down. Yeah. He's like, Lakin. (laughs) And then we find out that everyone hates his grandmother. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah, why we needed was, to know yeah, that. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> really odd, but In, isn't that when Pete's like, okay, well, let's get the <laughs> you fuck have out a good of here. One. So they split up and, you know, go to their respective houses. And Mia says that she doesn't think they should be talking about the baby in front of them because they only lost their daughter two years ago. Yeah, but the way they say it is very weird. Like, mm-hmm. the way they say it is not accurate. Or the no. way she no, says no, it is well, not yeah, accurate. That, but even why is that weird to talk about a, a baby? Your baby? Yeah. yeah. It's not the I same thing. Yeah. And they didn't bring it up. Sharon did. She did. Yeah. She did. So, but John clarifies for us, because Mia already knows this, but John clarifies. <laughs> he looked down into the camera. <laughs> he was like, listen, <laughs> <Yeah>. pod mortem. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he clarifies that they didn't lose their daughter. She just ran off with some hippies. But as they go inside the house, Mia tells John that he needs to start locking the door because it's a different world now. She's like, you didn't lock it? And he's like, oh, no, it's a mere 1960 whatever, <laughs> wife. We don't do that yet. Yeah, it's, it I, was very bad. I thought that was was a bit much. I, and my thing is, I love like uh, period mm-hmm. horror pieces, right, right, right. Especially in the '60s, even though they probably wouldn't have treated me like people. But same. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that you should do it in a way that's organic. Don't point out the differences in time yeah. because you wouldn't have done that if it was actually if 1960. It was that time. We don't say, "Hey guys, you know how we have iPhone 11s?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't talk like no. I just I show you something on my phone, but. Anyway, later at home, Mia is working on her sewing machine, which should have gotten a credit in this film for how much we see the goddamn sewing machine. It's absurd. It's like (laughs) as soon as you see it and all the sounds coming from it, you're like, this is Chekhov's sewing machine. Yes, this is going to come up 50 million times. (laughs) You just know. But she's watching news coverage about Charles Manson and the family. This is where I have a big issue with this film. Okay. A, they're really hammering what time it is. Yes. Which is fine. But at the same time, as far as everything I've looked up, this film, according to online sources, takes place in 1967. Right. The Manson murders didn't happen until 1969, and the Manson family was apprehended then. Also, 
if it's supposed to take place in 1969, that makes sense because the nurses from the beginning, the Warrens visited them in 1970. So why is everything I find say that it was 1967 when this film took place? Yeah, that doesn't even fit their own time. I was thinking they stretched it to fit their timeline. No, because it's one year earlier. It's like, so 1969. Like, okay, then Manson makes sense. I don't know. It's just very confusing. That is very good because it they does. They don't even know. What I know. Like, it really know, does dude. say 1967 on everything. But I thought that too when they were had that on the TV. I uh-huh. was like, so you're obviously telling us <laughs> what year it is. Yeah. Or, Look at the news. Look at yeah, the news. Yeah. Right, pay attention. <laughs> I guess it makes sense with what we see in just a bit. It does. But at the same time, it's not even the same group. No. And that backs up my assertion that they really didn't know where they were trying to go with this right. film. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll elaborate more on that as we go. But this is just another facet of that where they're, it feels like they're trying to, you know, stick their fingers in everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, they're doing too much. They're doing the uh, most and it's too much. Stick your finger in one thing. One thing uh. and leave it. <laughs> so she's watching the news coverage and John asks her to turn it off because he can't focus on his work. And she shouldn't be watching that anyway because of the baby. It's like... Okay. He says it's like based on some medical research and all this stuff. And first of all, how does that make any sense? Do they ask the baby? Like, is the baby in there? And he's like, ooh, this news report is distressing. I think I'll cry when I pop out. (laughs) The baby came out and said, Helter Skelter. (laughs) He wrote piggies on the wall. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? How? I don't know. I never got that. No. But um, John apparently is about to start his residency and made it a point to mention that he hasn't even told anyone that they're having a baby. And when Mia is kind of like, why? He says he, d- he doesn't want to hear how hard it's going to be. And she's like, are you talking about the residency? Or are you talking about me and the baby? Which it's like, John, think here before you talk. <laughs> well, he's he's probably that's a lot of stuff to have to deal with. Like yeah, on, but with don't... work. And I mean, I get it. And I thought too, I was like, man, he sounds like a dickhead. I was yes. like, he sound, but you know, I'm sure there's a lot that's going on and are that we're, that's what they want us to, you know I guess. I mean? But John, honestly, too honestly, he says, well, both. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of his character, but I'm sorry. I don't see anything really wrong with what he's saying. He's saying, look, it's going to be tough. And I don't really want to hear people telling me, oh, you're and a baby on the man. That's going to be fucking <laughs> yeah. hard. The it's way, like, yeah, I know. The way, yeah. you know. the way that she asked it, though. She was very offended. Was, well, what are you talking about? Me or the resident? You say, no, 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 the residency. This is great. Yeah. And, then, like, and then quietly think, right, you yeah. and the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and just yes. seethe about it. Just an <laughs> internal rage. It's the 60s. That's what men do. That's Really? Yeah. You internalize it and then... Does he say that? Is he like, it's the 1960s. I want to internalize it. (laughs) But she is very upset by this answer. And she goes into the baby's room. He comes in and apologizes for being self-involved and kind of smooths things over. She forgives him and even herself apologizes for being too sensitive. This conversation goes on for too long. For a long time. Yeah, it's a bit much. (laughs) For a long time. But then John brings in this big ass box that I guess was supposed to be a surprise for after the baby came, but he feels so guilty about what he said. He's just going to give it to her now. There is an odd disconnect to me as far as the script is concerned with the way that they handle jokes, because he says, there's something I want to give you. And she goes, whoa, the last time you said that to me, I got pregnant. And he's like, yep. 
It's like, no, no, I would like it much better if that's not what happened. And Mia's just making a joke. He's like, correct. Yes, Uh I said there is something (laughs) like it's just odd. Like, let him laugh from the other room instead. That works better. Right. That's really true. But of course, inside the box is Annabelle, the doll. Mm -hmm. There was something that I remember seeing in the theater. And then I looked it up and it's on IMDb, but I did not see it this time I watched it. Mm-hmm. On the box, it said Raven's Fair, which is the name of the town from Dead Silence. Oh, shit. Which is another oh, James Wan, yeah. Lee Winnell. Another doll movie, too. But I looked for it this time and I did not see it. I don't know if they removed it digitally or what, but it was not there. Hmm. I thought that was very strange, unless there's maybe like a dispute between studios or right. what. I can but definitely see that. I thought it was very strange because I do remember that very That's clearly. That's a cool little Easter egg, though. Yeah, and I love Dead Silence. Don't even get me started. <laughs> So Mia has been looking for this doll, apparently. It's a collector's item. She hasn't been able to find it, and she is super happy to receive it. Mm -hmm. She puts Annabelle on a shelf next to two other dolls. Now, the (laughs) dolls are similarly dressed, but they look like dolls. Right. And Annabelle looks like a monstrosity. (laughs) I know we said... Sitting next to two dolls. I know we said it earlier, but that... That doll was ugly. Like right, even <laughs> even new. fresh. Yeah, yeah, even new. It's fresh. goddamn terrifying, yeah. dude. I don't know how this was a set or if this yeah, is they the did... doll maker's descent into madness. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, he got progressively crazier. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what story is being told I here, but know. the doll's ugly. All right. <laughs> so once again, uh, before the scene ends, the camera zooms in on Annabelle's ugly ass yeah. face. Mm-hmm. So in the next scene, it's nighttime. Mia and John are asleep through the window. And I may be alone here. I thought the way that this was played out looked really cool. I liked it. I didn't like the musical sting. Agreed. Because if we if we see this from Mia's point of view, it's Mm -hmm. much cooler. Agreed. Yeah. Um, But through the window, we see their neighbors that they had went to church with earlier wake up. It appears to be some kind of home invasion going on. The husband goes to investigate as the wife is seemingly calling the police, but with a loud musical sting, blood sprays against their window. Mm-hmm. And again, it would have been much more effective without it because it mm-hmm. is jarring. It's startling. It really is. A man starts advancing on Sharon just as Mia wakes up and she screams, their light goes out and you can't see anything in their house at all. Mia wakes John up saying that she heard a scream from next door Instead of calling the cops, he chooses to go investigate because he seems a little hesitant that Mia even heard anything at all. (laughs) I would be very offended. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Just call the cops. Just Just call call the cops. cops. Uh, I don't understand. I think, you know, if you would have set it up previously that she's jumpy. That yeah, she, something, no, something. Yeah, that been better. You know? It's like okay, yeah, just like last night, or you it's know, just a like, character quirk. Yeah, you know, and he's like, I got to deal with this all the time, so I'll just go check on them. But instead, he just seems like an asshole because we heard the scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it happened. Yeah, it really does paint him as kind of a dick. Yeah. Like you can't even no, take I, her word. See, yeah. yeah. So he does. He goes over to the neighbor's house, and Mia watches from the porch. I guess the neighbors don't lock their doors either because he yeah, just walks right in. <laughs> 
We're kind of stuck in this tense moment waiting for something to happen. Then Mia walks over to their house and John runs out of the house covered in blood. And we know this because Mia says, you're, you're covered in yeah. blood. <laughs> we, we see uh, that. Did he roll around in it? Like, yeah, I, I don't know how that would happen. Did he try to like pick one of them up? Probably, Who did this to but you? He's, he's, <laughs> in the training that he has, he should know better. You yeah, would think. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Would... Unless he was like, "Woo, slip and slide." Oh God, no! <laughs> no. Like, I don't. I don't it know. It was dark. He couldn't see. It was red. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but he is covered in blood. Mm -hmm. He tells her to call an ambulance and runs back into the neighbor's house. And the music is wild as we follow Mia back into her house and to the phone. As she's on the phone with the dispatcher, we see a woman walk past the door and into the baby's room. Mm -hmm. She hangs up the phone. And when she goes to get her robe, we clearly see a woman in the doorway and she's holding Annabelle. Mia turns to leave the room and we hear a woman's voice whisper, I like your dolls. A man with blood on him appears behind Mia and she starts backing up. She calls out to the voice that her husband is coming. Just take what you want and leave. But she backs right up into that man who grabs her, stabs her in the side and throws her to the floor. It all happens very quickly. She should have just said thank you. I've been collecting for a long time. <laughs> So John flies in. I thought he would be staying with him. Yeah. He goes, Mia! And like fucking spears the dude. It's unbelievable. Here comes John. For the <laughs> uh, but he does. He tackles them and starts beating the shit out of the dude. Mia reaches for the knife after John tells her to run away. And then suddenly that woman comes screaming into the room. John takes her down, but is in turn taken down by the man. <laughs> Now, I know all this is happening really fast. It is. Mm -hmm. And I want to rewind for five seconds. <laughs> okay. Her explaining to the cops on the phone was like the <laughs> longest way to say, I need help, come over. She's like, I, I heard something. I think something. Is that, can you, somebody else? It's like, just, just say, say I need help. <laughs> this is my, yeah, or say, hey, like, this is my address. Something happened at my neighbor's house. Come over. And then, like you said, when we seen that lady and she's holding Annabelle, I, I was like, so is this a ghost? I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. So yes, you I have did. robbers and ghosts. What kind yeah. of neighborhood is this? I was like, what the fuck happened? What? Wait, so and it also makes no sense because if their door was unlocked or open, they would have had to sneak past Mia yes. in yeah. order to get yes. into the house. Yes. So is he, he's like, fine, I'll lock the door, only locks the front, and they just yeah. sneak into the yes. back? Like, no, man, this, it, how, this is easy to murder yeah. people in this and, neighborhood. And you're it, right, it happens it fast. It happens but very fast. It, yeah. it was, I was just, again, confused at what was happening. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, Mia's watching all this go down and the woman goes back into the baby's room and slams the door. Suddenly, with no warning, <laughs> the cops come in and shoot to kill the man who is still going ham yeah. on John. Right. <laughs> John goes to comfort Mia. Then we see Mia being wheeled out on a stretcher and she sees the woman who is seemingly dead mm -hmm. um, with a symbol marked on the wall in blood and Annabelle sitting in her lap. Now, the symbol looks like an A. It is straight up an A. Right. <laughs> it's an A. It's an A with extra cords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We zoom in on Annabelle's face. Let's take a shot every time I say that. Yeah. We zoom in <laughs> we'll on Annabelle's dead. face <laughs> as a drop of blood falls from the woman onto her cheek and I guess kind of runs into her eye. So... Are we to take that the woman was possessed? I don't and know. And she had the demon inside of her and she did like Charles Lee Ray. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, pulled I, a child's play I, and fucking. 
I also you know? I don't know. I was like, so what? What did it? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I wish what? I had answers for you both. <laughs> I've got nothing. I know that in the real story, Tony Spera put out a video recently about Annabelle. He's the Warren's son-in-law. Mm-hmm. And he put out a video recently about Annabelle because the whole thing about her escaping, <laughs> yeah. which never road happened. Trip. Yeah. <laughs> but he was telling the story about Annabelle and he said that he heard from Ed that the way that the doll became the way that it was is because people used it ritualistically. So I'm trying to figure out if this is the screenwriter's interpretation of those events to say this is the cult that did it. These are the rituals oh, that happened. Okay. I guess. But I feel like it could have been done in such a... I was yeah. going to say, it's just do better. Like, just do better. <laughs> just that simple? Yeah. Just well, do better. It was what? Just a little drop of blood that fell in yeah. their eye? And, and I then... guess a rune on the wall. Yeah. And I was like, oh, now you're so a demon. Yeah. yeah. No. But then, it. again, it has really nothing to do with the doll. Annabelle's like the figurehead of a bunch of shit. She's not yeah. really... No. No. The thing. Like, it's not Chucky running right, around right. like yeah. she's like fucking cutting people's Achilles and shit. No, she kind of just sits yeah, there, just sits, yeah. rocks in chairs, gets zoomed looks in on her ugly face. And <laughs> <laughs> looks hideous. Yeah, but I don't know. I figured that was their idea of what they think happened. But you're, I, you're probably right. I'm not a big fan of this. No, that was just. Do better. Origin. And then they redo yeah. the origin story with the next movie, Annabelle Creation. They're like, okay, let's, like, do, look, a, sorry. let's do a do over. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Which. Kind of negates a lot of what we see here. It's it's like, look, we know, okay. And that movie's way better than this again. one. Yeah. <laughs> so we learn over black and white news footage that the woman was named Annabelle Higgins. She was Sharon and Pete's daughter. The man was her boyfriend, who I guess wasn't important enough to have a name. No. <laughs> she came and murdered her parents because Satan reasons. And yeah, yeah <laughs> they were in an occult cult. And they're showing this all like news footage, but they're straight up showing their full on corpses. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's what Probably was done. <laughs> Annabelle Higgins committed suicide by slitting her own throat. And over the footage, we hear a fetal heartbeat that gives way to an actual ultrasound. And Mia and John are at the doctor's office getting the baby checked out. The amniotic sac wasn't ruptured, but there was a strain on her cervix. So she needs to go on bed rest. And she just looks vacant. Like, she's not really comprehending what's going on. Well, she's probably confused because she has a bandage over where she was not stabbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, where no, am I? What the fuck yeah. is going? Yeah. So before all this happens in news footage, there's one thing, and I know they always do it, and that just... It, <laughs> kind of gets on my nerves but when they're like oh this is the worst crime i've ever seen or like we get it something terrible happened yeah you don't, <laughs> you don't have, have to everything's say every the time. worst yeah. yeah and was it really the worst <laughs> yeah i was like mm, some i mean i get it yeah people some people got killed and uh -huh. some stuff but i'm sure there's worse things that have happened <laughs> i would you know say I mean? I mean the manson murders just happened yeah yeah so john brings mia home and she still has to remind him to lock the door She's hesitant to go like further into the house and he tells her that everything's clean enough to perform surgery. Like everything has been cleaned. We get it. You're a doctor. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> also, he's like, I directed them to. I was like, so you're telling yeah. me you stood over the fucking cleaning people and you were like, OK, no more there. I, I That didn't happen. Uh. Mia closes the door to the baby's room where Annabelle Higgins killed herself. And as she closes the door, we see Annabelle the doll mm. inside. 
John tries to bring in the TV to make her feel better to the bedroom. She's bedridden. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's still concerned about the baby. She asks him to promise to save the baby over her if there are any complications. And he finally does. That's a lot. It's yeah, a lot. And that's... it's completely unneeded. I don't know if this was supposed to be like, she loves this baby. I don't know what that <laughs> yeah, was for. There are other ways to show that. Yeah, we because, didn't need to hear that. No, no I feel in most just... movies, like you say this, and then there's another scene where it's like, she wants the baby to yeah. live. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> it never comes. Yeah, whatever. So that night, Mia and John wake up to the sound of Mia's sewing machine starting and stopping. John goes to investigate. I guess he heard it himself this time, so he knows it happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> The sewing machine is on, and he spends a long time trying to figure out how to turn it yeah. off <laughs> before well, just unplugging it. If you recall, you were in theater arts in high school, like I was. I was. Uh-huh. Using a sewing machine in order for it to... Now it's been a long time. In order for the thing to go up and down, <laughs> you have to put the pedal, right? Yeah. So shouldn't that be a sign to John Something's that happening. something yeah. weird is happening? He's just like, oh, I better unplug it. Well, well, he how, even what's know, going on with the pedal? He doesn't even know how to turn it on, so he probably... Yeah, yeah, he probably doesn't know maybe mia should have investigated yeah. um but he tells mia that everything's fine he goes to shut the door on the baby's room which should have already been shut a yeah and b annabelle is on the floor blocking the door from being shut mm-hmm. again like yeah in my house if there's random shit on the floor my kids put random shit on the floor right they have no actual children right, like physical right. children they in have the no house. pets even like yeah. a cat couldn't have jumped no. up no I've, I've seen videos uh. me i can't even get out of bed so if you didn't do this why aren't you concerned about this doll being moved Whatever. Because he was written right. not to be concerned. Right. Okay. That's it. Right. Don't care about it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he picks her up and puts her in the rocking chair hard enough to make the chair rock. But once he leaves, the chair continues to rock. Never stops. Right. How do you not hear that loud ass chair movie rude. when you leave? Yeah. <laughs> like, He's like, what, I'm just going to go to bed. Would you be like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right there. You got two steps away and it's still going. So, yeah. He's like, like, I got hold work on. tomorrow. Yeah. I have no time for ghost shit. Like, Ooh, I got I an operation. I can't. <laughs> the next day, Mia is sewing by hand and watching TV. The TV starts going in and out, and she throws a book at it, and it shuts off completely. With Some the TV- Fonzie shit. <laughs> Anti-Fonzie. <laughs> Anti-Fonzie. With the TV off, she hears the rocking chair going in the other room. We get a shot from underneath Annabelle as she, she's, I guess, rocking in the chair. The angle was weird. Yeah. <laughs> Once Mia goes to investigate, Annabelle stops rocking. Mia just looks unnerved and shuts the door. Later, John brings home mustard and pickles for, and I know it's supposed to be a weird pregnancy thing. I love mustard and pickles. <laughs> I, I've also never been pregnant, but mustard and pickles is <laughs> They just go together. They should have done something weirder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tells her that he has a shot at getting into a specific hospital, but in order to kind of do things the right way, he has to attend a conference. This means he's going to be gone out of town for a day, but she's supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, John tells her that she needs to get back in bed. And as he's walking her to their room, he tells her that the detective will be coming by this week to ask questions. So they pass the baby's room and Annabelle is face down in the rocking chair. Mia just saw her earlier sitting in the rocking chair properly. Now she's face down. No cause for alarm. And the yeah, door's open no- after she <laughs> shut it. No cause for alarm. 
Mia says that she wants to get rid of Annabelle because Annabelle Higgins had been holding her, which fucking, of course. Well, yeah. Why didn't and, you already do this? And then you found her in different positions. Yeah. Why would you still hang on to And what, did you it? clean the blood off of her face and then just fucking put her back yeah, on the shelf? Oh, Why would fine. you not throw it away? It went right into her eye hole. So oh, they no, yeah, clean. that's what I was going to say. It <laughs> got sucked inside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. And no, I'm sorry, but I don't know what he went through to get this doll. There was no eBay at this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're selling this somehow. We're yeah. not fucking so just throwing it yeah. away. So the next thing we see is John throwing Annabelle away in the trash can outside. Must be nice to have money. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, didn't he say we're going to be late on rent for the next few months? See, and that was another joke that just went under the yeah. radar. She should have laughed, but she was like, we're going to be with our daughter on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> like facing the realization of it. It's like laugh. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> the camera goes from the hole of the trash can to a coffee cup as a detective picks it up to take a drink. I thought it was a pretty cool transition. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. It's, I guess, sometime later in the week, and the detective Clarkin, played by Eric Layden, confirms to John and Mia that Annabelle Higgins, who was played by Trio Tool and her nameless boyfriend, <laughs> were, even get name yeah, were in a cult. Mia asks if it was satanic, and the detective looks at John, who gives him permission to tell Mia, yes, they were satanic. 60s. Bullshit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the detective tells her that it's just crazy people doing crazy things, but he'll try to find out more. She says, unless it's about their safety, she doesn't want to know anymore. My question is, what the hell did the detective come over for? He didn't ask any... He didn't ask one question. And is it crazy? I mean... (laughs) It's, uh, you know, half, was it six in one hand, half a dozen in the yeah. other hand? <laughs> what do you Shit, believe? I don't know, yeah. So later that night, John turns on the TV for Mia and goes to put some Jiffy Pop on the stove. <laughs> Scream has the market cornered on Jiffy Pop. Yeah, so don't try. Don't, quit, don't try. Quit referencing <laughs> movies I love. <laughs> Trying to trick me into... He goes back to the bedroom and Mia's already asleep, so he turns off the TV and turns off the stove. The next morning, Mia sends John off. He's going to the conference. He's going to be gone for a day. Later that day, Mia's using her sewing machine again as she's watching TV. In the kitchen, we see that every every burner. Yeah. <laughs> not just, all no. had to be. Yeah. <laughs> not just the Jiffy Pop. Annabelle's like, I don't fucking know. Turn yeah, them all dude, on. I am a demon. I don't. <laughs> these appliances mean nothing yeah, right. to me. Every burner is turned up high and the Jiffy Pop, of course, that was left on the stove is starting to heat up and inflate. Mia watches TV and we alternate close ups between her fingers, her face, the popcorn, her fingers, her face, the popcorn. (laughs) And of course, her finger gets caught by the needle. I mean, we all saw that. coming. Um, She gets up, goes to the bathroom to clean her finger in the sink. Somehow not smelling the burning no. popcorn. You can smell burners when they're turned up that high. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be oh, cooking no, anything. Yeah. And was this medicine back then? She demolished her finger <laughs> and then just goes, I'll just run some cool water on yeah. it. <laughs> I guess. Um, she doesn't smell anything. She goes and sits back down. The Jiffy Pop explodes immediately, catching fire <laughs> yeah. to everything in the yeah. kitchen. Dude, the escalation of this demon, it starts with... I'll turn on the sewing machine. All right, now I'll just rock in the chair a little bit longer than I should. Now I'm going to burn the fucking house down. (laughs) That is nuts. John put her in the trash. Oh. Uh, Maybe she's like, oh, hell no. He's like, thought I made Brian Gumbel look like Malcolm X. How (laughs) motherfucker? Well, check this out. Yeah. 
Mia finally smells something once there is a full ass blaze happening in the kitchen. She sees the fire, calls for help, and then backs out of the room. She bumps into a chair and falls backward, but somehow lands directly onto her stomach. Center of gravity. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) She crawls away and we hear growling and something pulls her back toward the kitchen. But some random ass men burst into the house and help her. She looks horrified. But she never tells John that this You're happened. Right. Yeah. Uh. She's never like, I was dragged. Like, you've seen uh, Paranormal Activity? Yeah, I was dragged like, like that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> you've seen that in 1967? She, right. she never says that. Never says anything to him about it. That would be the first thing I no, said. Oh, yeah. I. It was, everything was... I don't, I'm not even know if I'm looking I, the word for, but you could tell everything that was going to happen, like you said, from her cutting her finger with, mm-hmm. on the sewing machine, then the Jiffy Pop. I wonder what's going to happen like, to the Jiffy Pop yeah, that he left on like, the stove. Oh no, the whole kitchen's ablaze. Yeah, it's like, eh, what? Yeah. No way. Oh, she got pulled back. Damn. Darn. What? Yeah, it's like, man. I like a little misdirection. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Some, just something. Something. Maybe she goes in there and she takes the popcorn off, but then something else happens. Yeah. Right. You know? Oh, it's smoking, and then you see a demon face in right. the smoke. Something. Yeah. And she could still fall back and yeah. fucking get dragged. Yeah. You it get the same. And still lead into the next scene to where she's like, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Uh, still fine. Yeah. But no. But that's not that's not what they chose that's to do. not the movie we got. <laughs> um, In the next scene, John is running through a hospital trying to find Mia. When he finds her, he discovers that she has already given birth to their daughter, Leah, which is her name is going to make things more confusing from now on. She tries to talk to John about the fire and he just dismisses her. And she reiterates that she doesn't understand how the fire started, but she's not going back to that house because she thinks it's cursed. To his credit, John is cool with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first time he's believed her the whole uh, fucking yeah. movie. But. <laughs> it only took five demonic things yes, to happen. But he's, he's down. So the next time we see them, they're in their new apartment. And Mia is listening to the neighbors upstairs fight. Clearly, she and Leah have been cooped up in the house. And John has to like kind of convince her to leave with him to go to church. Two things. One... I don't understand what she's timing when she's like, oh, and then she's going to, oh, oh. <laughs> I like, think a door what? slam. Yeah, but yeah. that was just fucking weird. Uh, so I guess you're telling us that the couple fights all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. yeah. And that they do the same shit every day or what? She's, which again, we don't, she's home too much is the I point. Get, but there's so many other ways to show that yeah. because I got what was going on, but there, it's not like, oh, well, they watch TV every time, every morning at 6 a.m. So she hears the TV come on. It was a door slamming. How the fuck yeah. do you even know? <laughs> And then the second thing is that he was like, oh, yeah, Leah's looking a little pale. He's like, maybe we could put a little, what's that? You put uh, cocoa butter? Why did that feel racist? It, it did, though. I, was, I took it more as, why are you putting lotion on to go out? Shouldn't you put sunscreen? The sun's like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crackle it up. Peaking, Leah. <laughs> if you tap the skin, right. crispy, yeah, man. You can hear it. That's how you know it's good. Oh, yeah. Um, on their way out of the building, they pass Evelyn, played by Alfre Woodard. Why is she in the building? I don't know. Why does she look at them like she knows them? I don't know. I want to talk about that later because I have ways that this could have been really good. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> Back at the church, Father Perez is preaching again, but Leah starts fussing and Mia takes her outside. 
Outside, Father Perez comes over to Mia and Leah and asks to take a picture of them for the bulletin board because he does that with new people. I thought he was going to be like, Kachink, you're not welcome. Yeah. And we're going to put this inside. Just quit making fucking noise. Right. Maybe next, your next congregation will be more forgiving. She lets him take the picture, but my thing is they're not new. They were there with Sharon no, and yeah. Pete. Oh, that's true. Well, Leah's new. Yeah, oh, he okay, said that it's okay. of the kids. All right, yeah, all right. So. <laughs> You're like, I'll, I'll stand down. Uh, I'll, this time. <laughs> but he does hold the camera a certain way. That Yes, that is not wrong. What? Uh, he holds it landscape, but when you see the picture later, it's portrait. Yeah. <laughs> And they didn't, he couldn't have edited it yeah, that way. No. <laughs> In 67? Yeah. Right. Father Perez tries to talk to her about missing the Higgins is. The, uh, <laughs> I think that's right. But she blows him off saying, why? Well, I, I, I got to go home and unpack. I'd be like, damn. I'm- yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, he goes, I don't have a prayer for that. She's like, well, you got a good bag. We could use some uh-huh. <laughs> help. <laughs> True to her word, later at home, Mia is unpacking and John brings in the last box, which if you've ever moved, you'll love the last mm-hmm. box. The baby starts fussing and he leaves to go take care of her. Mia reaches in the last box and guess what's in there? Annabelle. What? And Mia does not care. Yeah. <laughs> this is very strange to me because A, the first shot we've ever gotten of that apartment, the shelves are already stocked with dolls. Mm-hmm. And then later, we get a scene of her unpacking the boxes oh, to stock the shelf with dolls. Oh. So I didn't even catch that. Just a little odd. Yeah. You don't have to show that. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody made you do that. But now Annabelle's the centerpiece of the shelf, even though she should be more terrified. Yeah. She's just like, oh, cool, whatever. Weren't you trying to get rid of that doll before? You said get you yeah, said throw it away. Don't. Well, John comes in with Leah and he says that he swears he threw that away. Just give it to him. But I'm like, you swear you did? You literally threw <laughs> yeah, it away. You like, did. you made an effort. You don't remember fucking yeah, putting it in the trash can? I don't. I'm pretty sure that doll I bought for hundreds of dollars. <laughs> I don't think I put No, yeah. But Mia, in a complete 180 from her beliefs and her character up to this point like you said is like not nah, cool yeah, like uh just put it back it's up a there. celebration of strength and you gave her to me so let me just keep her she's like we're only in the second act of the movie yeah, yeah. john <laughs> I, need, I need this uh, i need the doll <laughs> yeah so it doesn't make any sense but she puts annabelle's dirty ass front and center on the shelf of dolls john looks a little uneasy then we get a mega zoom in on annabelle's hideous <laughs> face <sighs> Later, Mia and Leah are napping, and the TV that's on turns to static. Mm-hmm. Down the hall, a woman walks into a room and then appears in the living room, the room that Mia and Leah are in. She leans over the baby. Clearly, this is Annabelle Higgins. Mm-hmm. This is where it's confusing because if it is a demon, why is it taking the form of Annabelle Higgins when this baby doesn't know who the fuck that is? Right. Excellent question. Might as well just scare the shit out of it in your true demon form. Yeah, I don't. And and I'm like, and Mia doesn't see it. Is no, she doesn't. And is is this a ghost as well as a demonic situation? (laughs) Like I'm. Yeah. Like that's weird, right? I don't. I don't know. So are you a demon or are you the dead lady? Which one are you? I don't know. Pick a lane. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mia wakes up as Leah starts crying and the TV comes back on. And I guess Mia's like, we got to get out of this apartment. Mm -hmm. So Mia is carrying Leah down the stairs and she steps past a brother and sister who are sitting on the stairs drawing pictures. Mm -hmm. The brother stops his sister from telling Mia where they live, which fair. good. Yeah. Good job. Uh, Mia keeps talking to the girl, though. After the brother's like, don't talk to strangers, Mia's like, motherfucker, my name's Mia, <laughs> yeah. and this is Leah. That boy's like, nothing to see here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Show's over, lady. Yeah. But she introduces herself and Leah, and the girl starts to say her name, and the brother again is like, God damn it, I said stop. Yeah. Mia's like, I hope we can be friends one day, and she leaves, and the brother looks at her like, bitch, like... I'm telling mom. Yeah. <laughs> this scene bothers me because it felt like it was set up that we never got a conclusion to i don't mean to spoil anything we never see these kids again no i i was confused too <laughs> for all i know they were also ghosts they, yeah. were, they were ghosts as well and there's more questions there's more questions there's a payoff but, with the drawings yeah but barely i'll, I'll bitch about that scene yeah, when we get to it i um, really do f- i'm coming down very hard on this movie I don't hate it, I promise. No, yeah. I don't hate it either, but it's There's so just confusing. a lot of things. And it's one of those things where this movie could have been so Definitely. good. Definitely. So I think it's more mad at that than yeah. trying to pick this movie apart. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Outside, Mia goes past a bookstore. Uh, she's pushing Leah in a stroller. Where did she get that stroller? Because she walked down the stairs holding the baby. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. But anyway, I, I know what a pain in the ass a stroller is. So no, yeah. she did not have, <laughs> she was not lugging a stroller down she the She didn't stairs. have it folded up? like on No, her, she did not. And it was the cool looking, like Rosemary's yeah, Baby looking. Yeah, carriage. Yeah. She goes past the bookstore and is intrigued by a book called The Devil's Welcome. Evelyn, remember Evelyn? Yeah, the, we saw her <laughs> for Alfrey a brief Woodard. second. Mm. Yeah. She recognizes her from inside and comes out to introduce herself. She gives Mia a book for Leah to read when she's older before going back inside. Mm-hmm. It's not the devil's welcome. No. <laughs> no. We get another shot of that book as Mia is walking away. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would stop me and give me a free book while I'm walking. That'd be like, great. Hey, hey, yeah. yeah. That's the least of what she does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back in the apartment building, Mia and Leah are coming home. The magical stroller has disappeared. And... There's a drawing on the stairs. Mia picks it up, and it's a picture of a woman pushing a baby in a stroller. There's another picture further up the stairs that adds a truck to the picture. The truck is coming toward them. A drawing falls onto the stairs in front of them, and in this one, the truck is closer. She flips over the final drawing on the stairs, and the truck has hit the baby. There's a pool of blood, and the mother has her arms up screaming. (laughs) What are we supposed to gather from this? I think that the brother, the little brother, is going to become a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my question. Did those children draw this? Are they psychic? Is the demon like, oh, she saw pictures earlier. I'm going to draw pictures now. I don't. The whole thing makes no sense to me. I and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, what? Like, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Unless the, I mean, I guess they do like their crayons, as we'll yeah, find out later. But my my theory is that it was it's misdirection. They're supposed to be. They're like, oh, these kids are drawing some sweet things. Oh, what's that truck doing there? Oh, next drawing. Oh, oh so, shit. So, so are we supposed demon, to believe that the children did it? I think the demon appreciated the art style <laughs> and just kind of did his own thing with it. So it's an yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Later that evening, Mia is, I guess, telling John about the pictures, and John suggests talking to the kids' parents, Mm -hmm. and they kind of start bickering about it, and we hear them bickering from the baby's room as we're looking at Annabelle. Mm -hmm. Annabelle's like, yeah, I'm stirring that shit up. (laughs) Stirring that pot. Yeah. So he's like, look, you know, she's like, I have no adult interaction, blah, blah, blah. He's like, look, I'm going to come home early. We're going to have dinner. We're going to have adult conversation. I promise it's going to be great. Well, he says that she's worked herself up. And in my view, every time Mia has worked herself up in this movie, it's been for a good reason. Yeah, and it only gets worse when you don't listen to her. Exactly. And adult conversation, what? There's something I want to give you? Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) So cut to tomorrow night, Mia eating dinner alone, listening to a record. John's place is set, but he is not there. Mm Mm-hmm. She gets up and turns the record off. But when she goes back to the dining room, the record starts back up by itself. She turns it off again. She goes to open the curtain and something, some kind of force blows through, knocking her down. Yeah, I don't I don't, okay. I don't know. <laughs> You're just like, ch- okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on. A child runs down the hall, a little girl. Mia follows and hears the sewing machine turn on again. She goes to investigate, but there's nothing in the room. So she just turns the sewing machine off. You burned down a house. Now you're back to doing the yes. song machine. Yeah. You're downing the yeah. ante. <laughs> <laughs> but in the room behind this room, there's a little girl in a white dress. Mia is like, who are you? Okay. The door begins to close between them and the little girl starts running towards the door. But a grown woman ghoul runs through it this mm-hmm. look to me looked really badass i remember seeing this because they did show it and in the I trailer but it did look really cool it, mm-hmm. it's, it was it's real really cool. cool again clearly this is annabelle higgins again right right and the way it's shot it's effective yes like, it, this is a good scare yeah and that's yeah. the thing it's like you guys can do this yeah mix yeah. the drawings God and shit. Yeah. Yeah, a girl that. turning into a demon woman. It was cool. Yeah. It was visually super cool and like startling. Mm-hmm. But she advances on Mia screaming. But when we see Mia again, she's all alone. Mm-hmm. Later, as she's trying to tell John what happened, he chalks it all up to postpartum anxiety, which would <laughs> I would prescribe him a punch in his fucking face. <laughs> but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> And he would overdose. Yes. (laughs) She shuts him down saying that he's not an expert on everything, which finally it's like fucking tell him, sis. Yes, because oh my God. How offensive. Oh my God. Um, But as, as she's telling him this, she's jumping at every single sound that's heard in like around, which I don't blame her. But he proposes that she go talk to someone and she's like, I don't need a shrink. I'm not crazy. And he's like, I'm not talking about a shrink. Cut to them talking to Father Perez at the church. He tells them that their foundation, of course, has been shaken by them experiencing both the very worst of life and the very best of life so close together. He says that they're going to come out stronger because of this. Mia agrees and her and John hold hands. So like, yay, they're cured. (laughs) Um, He didn't (laughs) really do anything. Yeah, no. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) So yeah, you'll be fine. Just with a lot more words. (laughs) Ah, Go home. Yeah. Outside of the apartment building, Mia and Leah are walking John out for a night shift that he has to work, and they run into Evelyn. She tells John that she feels like she's known Mia and Leah for a long time. She says she would be happy to give them a tour of the neighborhood whenever they'd like that, and John leaves, or she leaves, and then John does too. Uh, Very quickly, 
She's only talked to Mia once. Uh huh. So yeah, my question is, what the hell does that mean? Where are you getting this from? And, and we... again, this will go into something that uh -huh. I think would make the film a lot better. But we'll talk about that at the end. I feel like, and we at the top talked about abandoned plot lines, and I wonder if there was something here to that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've known them for a long time because we get new, mm -hmm. nope, elaboration. No, yeah confirmation I... <laughs> any kind of ation from it whatsoever no back home while working on her sewing machine mia stops to investigate a noise she puts leah down in her crib with annabelle presiding over her mm -hmm. on the shelf mm -hmm. then she leaves the room we get a close-up of annabelle's smiling face as the door slowly swings closed behind mia big thunder jump scare and suddenly it's nighttime and it's raining mia goes down to the bit okay <laughs> <laughs> John is working a night shift. Uh -huh. I don't know why A, she couldn't wait until John got home or I don't know, but she has left Leah Alone. in the apartment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally wrote at this point, just keep the baby with you at all I'm times. Saying, After everything you've seen. What? I'm saying. Yeah, what, I mean, and then what you're going into is the same thing. Right. I, <laughs> okay. So to recap, storming, raining, left the baby alone. Mia goes down to the basement storage area of the apartment building. She's getting things from her storage. We don't know what she's getting. But it looked like she brought like a painting or something I down there. I don't there. fucking know. It, yeah, wasn't, it, it wasn't important enough for you to do it right no. now. Yeah, no. She's like, oh, the baby's medicine's in my storage. Yeah, yeah go get that. But <laughs> Take the baby with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you went all the way down there uh -huh. and just... I'm going to lock the door of the baby. She's, she's probably screaming from the storm right, right Annabelle's now. Annabelle's watching her. It's <laughs> exactly. Fine. Yeah. Anything can wake a baby up. She keeps hearing weird noises while she's rooting around in her storage. Mm -hmm. Behind her, a baby carriage wheels itself out of a storage area, and we hear a baby crying really loud. Now, this does look very creepy. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Mia, of course, goes over to the carriage only for the crying to stop when she gets there but the carriage has blood-stained blankets in it mm -hmm. and when mia goes to move them a pitch black for lack of a better term demon hand <laughs> grabs her arm mia runs to the elevator as the lights above her are just going out mm -hmm. the demon played by the red-faced demon and bathsheba himself <laughs> and the composer and the composer joseph bashara is just looming in the darkness of this basement. So cool looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mia looks down at her arm where the demon grabbed her, and it's cut, and it's the same symbol that was on the wall of the room when Annabelle Higgins killed herself. The elevator door opens, but she's still in the basement. So she presses the button, closing the door again. Again, the doors open. She's still in the basement. She closes the doors again, and the electricity inside the elevator starts flickering. I do want to say something about that. I don't know if you noticed it, but she hit the number six three times. No, yeah, I didn't. Did, yeah. That's And I thought man, that was good. like a really neat little touch. Yeah. The door's open. Of course, she's still in the basement, but she notices an exit sign over on the other side, a.k.a. where she was grabbed by the <laughs> demon. But she makes a run for it, gets out of there and races upstairs. The electricity's off and we can hear a baby crying. Mia... You know that area where you can look down, mm -hmm. like if you're in a stairwell and you can kind of see right, all right. the stairs down? Well, there's a demon hand in there. <laughs> yeah, the stair hole. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know what that's called besides the stair there hole. There has to be a name for it. It's the stair hole. All right. Henceforth. So, 
Yeah. Henceforth, um, she yells for help and then completely stops and looks behind her. The demon is just crouched silently on the stairs, just looking up at mm. her. Again, it looks great. It really it does. does. And there's this really long, tense moment. And then suddenly he just leaps toward us and his face is illuminated as he hangs upside down. Mia runs. <laughs> she bangs on the door to her apartment. The baby's going to let her in, right? Yeah, right. before letting herself in. So the door was not locked and yeah. her baby's oh, inside. Well, Fantastic. Um, and she doesn't lock it behind her either. She's breaking her own rules. Yeah. Um, we get one last look down the stair hole. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing's there. And nothing's there. Now, I will say this scene obviously is a standout mm -hmm. in the film. No, yeah. Possibly because this scene was directed by James Wan. <laughs> See. <laughs> He cut the biggest piece for himself. Yeah, I'll take the the only thing people will remember from this film. It looks fantastic. It it's is. effectively it is. creepy. It's just good. And the music, it sounds like Joseph Bashara during this point. It does. It all just feels so good. And you're actually scared. Yeah. And you wonder why the rest of the film can't be like this. Mm-hmm. I saw in the featurette after the film, it showed James Wan was on set for a lot of the movie, mm -hmm. filming it. So you wonder what happened. Yeah. Because he's so good at this. Yeah. So why I mean, do some clearly, of the yeah. scares feel so formulaic, but this one was like, authentic. Kicks your ass. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Before you we move on, this was her fault. You didn't need to go throw boxes at three Absolutely in the morning. No. Not. Leave your kid upstairs, which we just seen with the door that's not locked. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I know we already talked about it, but <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would why, you do yeah, that? Why would you None do of that? it makes any sense at all. Again, confused. Yes. Yeah. And it would have made a lot more sense if Evelyn was in the apartment watching the baby. We saw that before she left. Then her banging on the door makes yeah. sense. Everything and makes sense. And that would lend a little bit more to this really forced yeah. relationship that we feel between them. Yeah. But I feel like this is the probably the third or fourth time I've mentioned maybe that there was an abandoned storyline. And I'm kind of like trying to follow a thread here mm -hmm. and the story that I think was almost going to get told is a story that I really would have rather watched. We probably have the same idea. And it's evident to me in the, in this next scene, mm -hmm. honestly, later at the apartment, Mia is sitting in Leah's room and her arm is bandaged over that a cut. Mm -hmm. Right. And she takes the bandage off to reveal nothing there. And she looks confused. Now we'll put a pin in that. Okay. So in the next scene, Mia is serving tea to Detective Clarkin. She says that now she does want to know more about the cult. And when you know, the detective brought everything he has on it. Of course he did. <laughs> he shows her two pictures of Annabelle Higgins. One as a little girl and one as the grown woman that we saw. And we flash back to the little girl that Mia saw earlier because as the audience, we're too stupid to realize that it's the same girl. Right. Also, why the hell does he have a picture of her as a child? He would have had yeah. to go to the Higgins home and I, take it. Anyway. And it would mean nothing for his case no, files. Yeah. No. Mia asked for more information on the cult and any possible motivations. And the detective just repeats himself. Crazy people do crazy things, which good work. It's like, I got um, a guy. Yeah. That's what passed for detective work. Right. Apparently. That's why there's so many unsolved crimes. Uh. <laughs> she says, but they didn't think they were crazy. 
So what was their reasoning? Which is a great point. It's, yes. Yeah. Nobody Which is it's a point you should like be that. making yeah. as a detective, but um, <laughs> he's like, damn, I never thought uh, of it that way. He's like, oh uh, yeah. He's like, oh, they were trying to conjure something up. So like, that was the answer to the question in the first place. But So um, we just wasted how much time? Yes. Yeah. Uh she asked what they were conjuring and he says he doesn't know. Could be demons, could be the fucking tooth fairy. It's all the same. Is that what he said, or? Yeah, he's like, it doesn't make a difference. Like, it's just, it doesn't, you know, it's all bullshit. I would basically. much rather be visited does, by the tooth fairy. Yeah, it does make a difference. Yeah, but he's letting her leaf through the crime scene photos, and she stops at the symbol on the wall. She asks if he knows what it means, and he's like, "Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar," which I. I get what he's trying to say, but that doesn't fit here. No. And it doesn't even fit because that's Freud. Yes. Freud said that. And Freud thinks everything is a, is a penis. Yeah. yeah. So no. So she asked him if she can just keep the picture. Okay. And asked if the cult has a name. He hesitates and then finally tells her, yeah, they're the disciples of the Ram. Mia looks down at the picture again as the scene ends. Great opportunity here that they dropped the ball on. They've introduced a cult with a name mm-hmm. that never comes up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so in the next scene, we're at the bookstore and Mia is browsing the religion section of the store. Mm-hmm. As soon as she picks up a book, Evelyn comes over and she asks to help her find something. And Mia's like, oh, I'm just browsing. And Evelyn's like, oh, you're a terrible liar, basically. <laughs> and says that she's too old to be surprised by whatever Mia has to say. Now, Alfre Woodard was 62 <laughs> at the time of filming. She looks much younger. Yes. Yeah. So that line feels oh, no. weird. The line feels weird. Yeah. But Mia comes out and says, I feel like my family's being haunted by a ghost. And Evelyn's like, right this way, ma'am. Like, she doesn't miss a beat and says that she's had an experience or two. She gets it. So this is another problem I have with the movie. I'm sorry. But you have... Alfre Woodard. Mm-hmm. And again, this will go into my rewrites that we'll discuss later. <laughs> right. But you're forcing her to play the old wise black woman trope. Yes. And you have a great actress do something interesting with her. Yes. Give yeah. her a real character to play. She is a great actress. Oh, yes. She is oh, wasted yeah. in this movie. Don't just give her an archetype. Now, I read that it was supposed to be Lynn Shay. Interesting. And Lynn Shay does read as older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. It still wouldn't make sense yeah. what happens later, but I feel like the line would have fit better. The line definitely would have fit better, and yeah, I <laughs> I agree with you. She Alfre Woodard is completely wasted in this movie, and her character arc would be less offensive. One hundred percent. So later at Evelyn's house, her and Mia are sitting at a table. Evelyn says that she doesn't think it's a ghost since they moved and it's still happening. Cults don't summon ghosts. They summon inhuman spirits, a.k.a. demons. Mm-hmm. They want a soul and they won't stop until they get one. So it's like, thanks, Evelyn. Don't stop till you get enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that DIY ghost book didn't tell her right. that? Or? <laughs> Evelyn says hopefully the answer is somewhere in these books, but she motions to the... Yeah. <laughs> incredibly awkwardly so that we can see an apparent suicide attempt scar on her wrist she sees mia notice it and she turns her arm over but she takes out a locket and shows mia a photo of her daughter ruby who died when she was about mia's age when ruby was about mia's age Mm -hmm. without her daughter she tried to kill herself but she heard ruby's voice saying that it wasn't her time that god has a purpose for her 
And she tells Mia that she has a purpose, too, to protect her family. We'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) Later, outside the apartment building, Mia drops her keys. When she bends over to pick them up, someone whispers her name. (laughs) So she looks up, and the reflection of Annabelle Higgins holding Annabelle is in the window. Mm -hmm. This distracts her so much that she does not notice Leah's stroller rolling on down into the street. Wasn't the drawing enough of a warning? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would never be anywhere near the street with a goddamn stroller like that. Oh, a, yeah, no. Yeah. Like, no. And so a truck, just like the one in the drawing, uh-huh. smashes the stroller to bits. Suddenly, though, Mia is holding Leah. Now, yeah. I had to rewind this because I was like, that's bullshit. But if you look, when she leans down, you see that no the baby's way. in like a little papoose. Well, all right. Barely, just like the top of it. So... I got to give it to the movie for the misdirection. All right. Because okay. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> what about the buttered keys? How did she oh, drop that, them? So now just, that there is no excuse. <laughs> but I guess the carriage was full of the books that Evelyn gave right, her because they're right. all in the street. At home, Mia reads in one of the books that the devil preys on the weak and vulnerable. Then she looks at Leah like, oh, shit, <laughs> she's weak and vulnerable. The book changes pages. Like she flips a page, but it's the same page she was just looking at. It's the demon. It's just poor writing. <laughs> either it's bad editing or the book is also possessed. Right. <laughs> Haven't decided. I'd believe either. Right. Um, she goes over to Leah, but here's the rocking chair in the other room. She goes into Leah's room and the mobile is spinning over the crib. I did read that the music that the mobile over the crib plays is the same music from the music box in the conference. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote that earlier when she, I guess in the scene when they she touched she it. She does and it then, twice, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the very first time she did it, I was like, are they just reusing yeah. the music? <laughs> for, I was like, yeah. what the hell is that? I thought that was pretty cool. It's a neat little... Uh, uh, hat tip. Yes. Okay, yeah. But the doors slam shut and she's locked in the room. We see someone's shadow beneath the door and in the living room, heavy books are falling oh. around Leah. Because just... everyone knows that books are the most dangerous thing in the house. Well, depending on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mia lays on the ground to kind of look under the crack in the door and sees Leah, but then Annabelle falls on the floor. It's like she's like, no, 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 bitch, blocking her view. Mia breaks the doorknob with, I guess, the rocking chair and yeah, opens the door. She runs and picks up Leah. Somehow, Annabelle is sitting in the living room now. Mm -hmm. We see her sit up and start floating. Mia screams. John is coming home and can hear her screaming in the stairwell. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason why she screamed is because you see the demon standing behind Annabelle holding it. Oh, shit. (laughs) Did you not see that? No. (laughs) I was just looking at the doll. very important. You're like, this doll is floating. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, John bursts into the house and, of course, nothing's there. Leah is crying and Mia begs for his help. Again, the door was unlocked. He just busted in. In the next scene... We're kind of, our point of view is kind of through the peephole and we see Father Perez standing in the hallway. He comes inside and immediately asks to see the doll. Mia nervously goes into Leah's room and Annabelle is sitting on the shelf happy as yeah. hell. Looking a little worse for yeah. wear. She looks she looks bad. Worse. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always been bad. Yeah. Mia picks her up. With Annabelle sitting on the chair in the living room, they explain the whole situation to Father Perez and John makes it clear that he doesn't understand the demon aspect of it. Me neither, John. Um, 
Perez explains that demons can use objects as a conduit to achieve their goal, which is to get a soul. Mm-hmm. But they can't just take them. The soul needs to be offered. Perez says that there's a married couple who's done work for the church that may be able to help them. And I wonder who he was talking about. I don't know. I feel, mm. But I feel like they couldn't pay them enough <laughs> yeah. to appear in this. I don't know. Maybe we'll see him again later. Hopefully. I don't know. Fingers um, crossed. Perez offers to take a, the doll to a safe place that might weaken the demon, right. which I don't. Okay. Um, so we see Father Perez leaving with Annabelle and putting her in the back of his car. Well, he puts her in the passenger seat first, and then he's like, nah, son, and puts her in the back seat. <laughs> there is a story based, in fact, with this about a priest that saw the Annabelle doll at the Warren's home. And then, sorry, it's just funny the way Tony Sparrow tells the story because he says that the priest drove home, but he never got there. So you're like, he fucking died? And he's like, well, the priest didn't die. I'm like, well, the dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't say that. Don't, yeah, don't do but that. I guess, uh, I don't know if the priest. No, he moved. <laughs> yeah, uh. oh, he just moved town. But I guess the priest had said something to Annabelle or something uh, religious. I don't know exactly what happened. I can't remember. But the priest got into a car accident on the way home. But he was fine. And so they attribute that to Annabelle fucking him up. Of course. Which is a pretty big leap. But, yeah. you know. Maybe he was turned around yelling at the doll and not looking at the road. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what he said. He told Ed Warren that he looked in his rear view and he remembers seeing the doll in the rear view mirror. So the doll's like, oh, so you're right. talking about that good shit. But I would have preferred that real life thing mm-hmm. as opposed Being to what we see in, in this movie. I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> just strap the doll down like a person or something. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Know. Or put it in the trunk or what? Something. Something. Back at home, Mia says she can't sleep until she's sure that it's not coming back. How How is she going to be sure of that? She will not sleep. No, no. Never again. Never. But John says she needs to get her rest and he'll stay up with Leah. Before he leaves, though, she thanks him for believing her because she didn't know if he would. And I don't blame her because he's very skeptical. Um, Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here's this bitch again. (laughs) But he says that he will always believe her because he loves her. And he really does think that Father Perez can help. Mm -hmm. Cut to Father Perez in the car. Annabelle is still laid out in the backseat. And he's listening to a baseball game on the radio. What if Father Perez was a doll collector? And he's like, this is the most elaborate scheme (laughs) I've ever fucking I can't believe they found this. (laughs) (laughs) When the radio starts cutting out, he hits it. Until a preacher's voice booms out, yelling, may God have mercy on your soul. Mm-hmm. He turns it off, but we still hear whispering. Yeah. We see Annabelle on the back seat, but she has some fucking bloodshot eyes now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I never noticed in The Conjuring. That's a new addition. Yeah. I thought it looked neat. Yeah. Well, I mean, God damn it. Yeah, sh- I feel like they so should have. It's a weird way. It gave it a little more character. I yeah. Guess. I feel uh, like they should have made the doll cute and slowly had it turning yeah. into this. Well, okay. As we have discussed previously, the real Annabelle doll is Raggedy Ann. a Raggedy yeah. Ann doll. Yeah. I don't know if they couldn't get the licensing or what. Oh, that's oh, a good Or maybe, maybe they just wanted it to look scarier. Yeah, but that takes everything away from it. If I it agree. was a Raggedy Ann doll, yeah. I, this would be much scarier yeah. to me because it's like this cute doll. Yeah. Doing my own shit. Yeah. Yeah. Father Perez arrives at the church and he takes Annabelle out of the car. <laughs> and as he's walking up to the church, we see Annabelle Higgins just sitting in the back seat. He turns around and she's standing on the sidewalk now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He opens the door to the church <laughs> and is intensely <laughs> launched backwards. 
<laughs> he gets fucking wrecked, dude. Yeah. There's no other way. She's confused at what happened. I don't like, know. No. So again, this is why I would much prefer that it was the car accident story, especially for what we see next. It's not like it, it would have been how he gets injured. In the next shot, we see Father Press's hand and a pool of blood seemingly coming from him. And Annabelle is lying next to him on the ground. Annabelle Higgins picks her up and then it fades to black. The next scene, we're in a hospital and John approaches two upset nuns in the hallway and then walks into a hospital room. It cuts to their apartment and Mia and Leah are returning from shopping with Evelyn, who has decided to spoil Leah since she never got to have grandkids. So they're shopping buddies now. They're just friends now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, back at the hospital, John sits next to Father Perez, who's hooked up to blood and IVs. He's fucked up. Mm hmm. Back at the apartment, Mia is holding Leah, who's crying and fussing. Evelyn asks for her and calms her by putting her on her lap and singing. Outside, we see the sun go down. So we know it's nighttime nighttime. now. Mm -hmm. Um, But wait, Hmm. was it Father Perez driving at night? Yeah, Yeah. so I guess it's the next day. Is it? No, because this is happening while John's with them in the hospital. Well, yeah, he is at work. The demon... (laughs) (laughs) can control time. Time means nothing. Okay, okay, I see. Evelyn tells Mia that she was singing an old blues song to Leah that used to calm Ruby down. So Mia's like, hey, so how'd your daughter die? Which is like... Great segue. Yeah. Evelyn and Ruby were coming back from visiting Evelyn's parents and Evelyn was too tired to have been driving. She remembers looking at Ruby and then waking up in the hospital three weeks later and Ruby never woke up. She said that she made the mistake, but Ruby paid the price. And if I were me, I'd be like, why'd I, why'd I ask you yeah. that? Why'd I do that? Because I'm a jerk. Yeah. yeah. At the hospital, Father Perez wakes up and John rushes over to him. The first thing Father Perez does is ask where Annabelle is. He says that he saw and felt the pure evil and knows that it wants her soul. And we're playing the pronoun game yeah. now. Well, he says, I, I felt how badly it wants. Yeah. And John goes, wants what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you think, dude? And then when he woke up, he's like, where is it? And John's like, what? 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 <laughs> I'm like, why are you an idiot? You're a do- you're going to be a doctor? Fucking well, hell. <laughs> Well, John says it's fine, basically, because Leah can't offer her own soul. And then he's like, oh, we're talking about Leah. So back at the apartment, Leah starts crying and the phone rings. Evelyn goes for Leah and Mia goes for the phone. John is on the other end. He tells her to get out of the house and he's on his way. But all Mia can hear is static. It controls phones. Right. (laughs) There's a pounding at the door. Mia looks out the peephole and it looks like Father Perez, but turned around. Mm-hmm. She opens the door and calls to him. And when he doesn't respond, she taps him on the shoulder <laughs> and he doesn't like it. No, no. <laughs> he screams, may God have mercy on your soul. Just like the preacher coming out of the radio earlier, mm-hmm. like 10 minutes ago. But OK, so can I just ask a question here? Mm-hmm. Why is the demon like Mick Foley? He can be fucking <laughs> Annabelle Higgins. He's mankind. And then he's Cactus Jack. And then he's Father. Perez and he's like what yeah, the fuck I, uh, I, don't I, don't, I just don't get it why I don't know but he screams may God have mercy on your soul and then the door slams <laughs> shut and I laughed because Evelyn goes who is that yeah. <laughs> he sounded <laughs> mad <laughs> friends are really rude 
The dishes tip over and the record player starts playing Latin chants. Yeah. Evelyn is like, we got to go. Not a good station. Yeah. (laughs) No. Where'd you get that album? (laughs) Mia hears Leah crying, but when she runs into the room, she's gone. And all the non-evil dolls are all like mutilated. Mm Mm-hmm. Evelyn says that the phone's dead and they need to go. Mia says she's not going to leave without Leah. Evelyn's like, we can get Leah back. The church can help us. Which I'd be like, I don't know at this Uh, point that the church can help us. He just told us everything would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. But everything goes quiet and we hear the neighbors talking and pacing upstairs. I'm guessing that this is a callback to the arguing neighbors when they first moved in. I I don't know. I guess. It's not the right time, though. But They only argue at 9 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. We pan across the ceiling listening to them and see the demon just upside down on the ceiling. (laughs) He drops down and Evelyn is pushed out of the apartment and the door locks. There are horrible noises of screeching and crying, and then they all stop. Mm -hmm. We see the demon again, same demon from the stairwell, the stair hole, (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the hall, and we hear Leah crying. Mia is searching the house for her and sees Annabelle sitting in the chair in the living room. It zooms way in like we didn't know it was her. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) The only, the movie's named after you, right? She screams, what do you want? And a red crayon rolls into the hallway. She goes into Leah's room and the words her soul are written all over the ceiling along with that symbol. So it's like she answered you. Yeah, but you want me to sign over my soul with this crayon? (laughs) Is it Crayola? Yeah. Is it Rose Art? Is it the cheap one? Oh, God, it better not be Rose Art. uh, It's like, you really want me to give you my soul with the Rose Art (laughs) Absolutely not. I was going to do it. Yeah, maybe Crayola. You can have the baby. (laughs) I I will say, like in the scene where you see the demon on the ceiling, Mm -hmm. the camera movements are pretty cool throughout this little scene. Yeah, no, that's fair. So I I think that's pretty neat. Now, I don't know why they had to write her soul so many times on the ceiling. (laughs) I think Just so there's no misunderstanding. Mm. But there is, though, because it's still using the pronouns. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Annabelle is now laying in the crib. Mia fucks her up, bashing her against the crib and then throwing her to the ground. But when she looks down on the ground, it's Leah instead of Annabelle. Mia cradles her and sobs, but then she hears laughing and realizes that she's holding one of the regular dolls, not (laughs) the evil dolls. Why does the demon have jokes? (laughs) Gotcha, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is what I was alluding to earlier. I feel like this could have been a really cool story of Mia fucking losing her mind. Yes. And maybe Annabelle's making her lose her mind and kill her own baby. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, that would have been... Fucking, I mean, I know this sounds horrible, no. but that would have been really cool. I, I enjoyed the scene yes. because of that. Yes. It even mm-hmm. made me think, holy oh shit, my is, God. She, yeah. she is she the, freaking out? She thought the scar yeah. was on her arm, but it wasn't really there. She's seeing, the, I mean, it. It. nobody else is seeing this shit but her. And right. then it makes John's skepticism fit. Make yes. more sense. Yes. Because it's like, oh shit, maybe she is yeah. always. Maybe she's had a history of this. Exactly. I feel like that would have been a much more interesting story. They probably could have executed it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, <laughs> this sounds horrible. I'm really disappointed that she didn't kill her child. <laughs> <laughs> it could have saved the movie yeah because it reads as a cop-out honestly yeah anyway (laughs) people are gonna isolate that (laughs) yeah they're gonna use it against you (laughs) 
I'll never be president. <laughs> um, so Mia stands up and screams as the door slams shut. She looks out the window and <laughs> the words your soul are written on it. It's like, oh, I wasn't specific. Yeah. Oh, shit. My yeah. soul. My bad. Um, the window opens. Outside, John pulls up to the apartment and Evelyn is still outside the apartment door. He runs into the building and we see Mia just staring out the window. Mm -hmm. Mia calls to Leah and tells her that she's coming to save her. Evelyn is banging on the door and we see Annabelle sitting under the window like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah. John comes and unlocks the door and he and Evelyn run in as Mia is climbing up onto the window. John tells her to come down, but she's holding Annabelle and she's about to jump. Evelyn sees the writing and tells her to stop. Mia tells John that she loves him and she knows he's going to take care of Leah, but she turns to jump. But you haven't seen the baby. So no. why are you still making this deal? I don't know. Wouldn't you be like, okay, we'll get, put the kid back and yeah. then I'll, I'll jump. It's like a hostage situation. You're like, I need proof of I life. Need, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, before she can jump, John pulls her back into the room and he holds her down as she's just screaming. Evelyn tells her that a child needs her mother. John is trying to convince Mia to like chill out right. and Evelyn speaks up. She stands at the window holding Annabelle and the locket saying that this is what Ruby meant. She falls back from the window killing herself. This is, and I cannot stress this enough, bullshit it is so goddamn stupid yes it's and confusing it, it's bullshit um, <laughs> it is honestly and when you think about it why would this work it if, wouldn't if mia does it then she's giving her soul to the demon but if evelyn does it then she's saving the day how the yeah, fuck she's... and her i'm sorry but her shitty daughter saying oh wait no you can't kill yourself you gotta die for this white family that's really fucking weird that you've met that you've known for five minutes that's yeah. really how do you weird know this is what you were supposed to do maybe it was opening a bookstore or yeah. helping what her taco figure stand exactly. yeah you don't who knows and and this is where my theory for evelyn's character would have worked a lot better that also could tie in with your theory of me oh, losing her mind do tell which is to say you introduced the disciples of the ram what if she's the leader <gasps> What if she is... And that's, that's why, why she's watching them. That's why she understands the books. That's why she has the books. That's oh why she's God. telling Mia everything. And then you don't have this character that that's this stereotype fucking archetype. She's the ringleader. She's the one that maybe brainwashed Annabelle Higgins. And her she knows everything. A. And her being around if she was their leader would have... Would have, I guess, gave Annabelle more power right. to do that's all the true. things she was doing. Yeah. Or she could have been sabotaged. That's why she's trying to get close to Mia is to sabotage the situation. Exactly. And the thing is, is look, let's just put this out on Front Street. You're already ripping off Rosemary's baby a lot. One yeah. Go ahead and just percent. go the full Monty. You know, <laughs> you're going to do it. Do you've it. got Mia, Mia Farrow, John, John Cassavetes. Uh huh. Sharon, Sharon, Sharon Tate. Tate. I mean, just let's just I, embrace it <laughs> here. Uh, Pete's name was probably Roman in the early drafts. <laughs> yeah, like, too far, too, too much, far. Too much. <laughs> but I mean, I just feel like that would have been much better and much better use of Alfre Woodard's yes. time. Yes. Because this is just insulting. Her oh, arc yeah. is just insulting, honestly. But I'll stop. Anyway, <laughs> we see her laying on the ground in a pool of blood and then we hear Leah crying. We hear Father Perez's sermon about God honoring sacrifice, the same fucking sermon we heard at the beginning. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, just, you just sound mad now. I'm sorry. <laughs> and John and Mia embrace their baby. 
We get another aerial shot of Evelyn lying next to Annabelle and we hear sirens and it fades to black. We hear church bells and get a card that says six months later. We're at the church again and we see that demon statue again. How many? And here, <laughs> this one was outside. Yes. We did hear, they move it out? Was <laughs> Father Perez like, that's what did it. Shit yeah, out right. of here. That's what knocked me back we, 40 feet. <laughs> <laughs> we hear Mia and John talking to Father Perez. There's been no sign of the doll since that night. They thought the police took it, but the detective has no record of it. But I don't know. If it's the same detective, I don't really yeah, trust that. I don't it's like, take the. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evidence? I don't, I don't know. That's new to me. Perez tells them that evil can't be destroyed because it was never created. He just prays that whoever comes into contact with the doll next gets the help they need. And so a basically, decent script. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's not our problem anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, he gives the framed photo of Mia and Leah to them, and he tells Mia that the love of a mother is the loveliest masterpiece of the heart of God. Cool. <laughs> they leave, and we pan up the building, and everything turns white. We open back up again on if it's some kind of like antique shop or something. Mm -hmm. We see Annabelle with her ugly ass propped up on a shelf. <laughs> a woman walks in and says she's looking for a gift for her daughter. She's a nurse. She helps people. Yeah. <laughs> they love this one. Yeah. <laughs> she picks up Annabelle because Annabelle's a rare collector's item and she tells the cashier to ring it up. As she's walking over to Annabelle, you see a Raggedy Ann doll blurry yes, in the background. Yes, yeah, I noticed do. that. I thought that was a neat little yeah. nod, which will... I guess negates what I said about them not being able to use it. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. so why didn't they? They didn't want well, to. <laughs> maybe they like couldn't use it because it's like there all the time. Right. True. Maybe you they know. could just... It's for, just a little yeah, Easter yeah. egg. Yeah. Raggedy Ann Co. is like, oh, a demon? Yeah, no, like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. Bad for business. We get a note that Annabelle sits in the Warren's artifact room and is blessed by a priest twice a month. We see Annabelle in her case and read a quote from Lorraine Warren. The threat of evil is ever present. We can contain it as long as we stay vigilant, but it can never be truly destroyed. Credits. What did you guys think of Annabelle? I was confused a lot. Like you were saying, it's not a bad movie. Right. It just feels like a bunch of movies in one. Yeah, and it's it it just hits the ear wrong, I guess. You know, it's <laughs> yes. like what is right. what's happening? You know, and then you watch it, and something cool happens. Then it goes back to confusion, and then it's like what? <laughs> yes, it's like what? Ha what? What? You left a baby again? <laughs> <laughs> the door's still yeah, unlocked. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is exactly that. It feels very disjointed. It feels like a movie written by committee. Yeah, and I feel like if they would have gone with a more grounded maybe one more based in real things that happen or why the hell not just do what happened with the nurses and yeah Annabelle? more of an elaboration yeah. yeah so i mean i don't know i feel like whenever they don't have the real full story to draw upon they kind of stutter a little bit yeah and james wan is so talented mm -hmm. and it shines in that scene it's like maybe hold John Leonetti's hand a little bit more throughout this process. Yeah. Mm. And see, you know, if you can't make these scares a little more effective, more organic and less formulaic. But I don't know. It's It sucks because it's not a movie that you hate. No. no. It's just it, you're a little mad at it because with everything there, it should have been much better. Yeah. Yeah. I've already said I feel like this film just didn't know what it wanted to be. 
mm-hmm. or it was meddled with so much that what they wanted it to be got lost. Mm-hmm. Like we said, is it a ghost story or demonic possession? Is it an homage to Rosemary's Baby? Or are we talking about cults? Are we commenting on the satanic panic? <laughs> there are elements of all of this here, but no real commitment to any of them. And no. so it really just leaves you confused yeah. like you <laughs> yeah, keep saying, saying. I, yeah <laughs> and it, it wasn't bad but it no, there was the a thing. lot of make a shitty movie yes. make it make it shitty and then we can just be like wow they dropped the fucking <laughs> ball and that movie sucked but, but this is like you have good elements here like if you maybe would have taken more time or mm-hmm. what i don't know what was missing here but something was definitely missing here and they said it in the 60s out of necessity because it had to happen had before to be. the yeah. nurses. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it didn't feel organic. No. You know, it no. just felt very forced. And it's like, look, if you're going to use this time, use the time. But no, don't do it in a way that's just reminding us of the time. Yes. Like there's a, I don't know, there's a way to go about it. Yeah. You know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood took place around the exact same time. Yep. And you felt like you were in yes. that world. Absolutely. And I seen on uh, IMDb that a lot of things in this movie mm-hmm. were set way after, <laughs> like product know, yeah, stuff. Oh my god! A car, a model, a car, the faucet, the this uh, and that. Everything. And then people watch for that yeah. stuff. You they gotta do. Be you have to be careful. I guess that brings us to ratings, mm-hmm. and it's on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm honestly torn between two numbers. I think I'm going to go with the higher one just because I feel like we were probably a little harsh on this <laughs> film. As we keep saying, it's not bad. No. It's really not. Mm. And to be completely honest, I had a blast talking about it. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah. I had more fun that talking fun. about it than yeah, I did yeah. watching it. <laughs> but um, I've already said how I feel. I've already ranted and raved. So here it is. <laughs> so on a scale from one to 10, crayon demands... <laughs> I'm going to have to give Annabelle generously six out of 10 crayon demands. Ooh. I do think this is generous, but I have to, I guess, give an extra point for the moment. The moments that were good were good. Mm-hmm. True. The movie looks great. It does. Oh, yeah. Most of the acting is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what other straws can I grasp at? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the creature design, the demon. Yeah. The demon, the, all the demons in this in this franchise are great. Um, Music, Joseph Bashara. Yeah. Music's great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I did give an extra point, maybe solely for the James Wan scene. But uh, when it's good, it's good. As a whole, I feel like it's having an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't be too overly. <laughs> right, right. I couldn't go higher than that. No. Um, my hands are tied, but I will now open up the floor. I I actually the same thing. The number, like I I was torn <laughs> between two, and it was either one or the other. But us having this much fun talking about and the we movie, did. And whatever. Yeah. I'll give it six crayon demands out of ten. <laughs> I did enjoy the movie to a point. Uh huh. But a lot of it was confusing, and you're right. There was a bit of an identity crisis mm-hmm. here. But I like these movies, you know. I yeah. do. They're yeah. all Me good. Too. But it 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 did. This one lacked. You know, it just wasn't as good as uh, to me anyway. No, no, completely obviously agree. to you guys too. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it it did. It it is what it is, and it's 
It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, six. I can stick. <laughs> I can feel comfortable giving it a six. I hate to break your combo. <laughs> I really do. It would have been cool to give it three sixes like the I was elevator. About to say, that would be very fitting. But with everything going on in this movie and got to use your term identity crisis mm-hmm. um there were a lot of negatives that we did point out in this movie but there were definite positives oh yeah like i said the music is great joseph bashar is a fantastic composer mm-hmm. i love his horror scores absolutely um i did have a number in mind but i am going to bump it up a point and a half very kindly because of that elevator scene. Yeah, man. That is such an effective scene for a horror movie. Like, it's really, really good. Yeah. And it just kills you that the rest of the movie isn't that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say they did make another... Actually, they've made two more Annabelle films. The next one in line, Annabelle Creation, is kind of like a mea culpa for this movie An apology because it's <laughs> it's really good that one i actually really enjoy that one but this one i cannot get past the treatment of the evelyn character yes when they could have done yes. so much better it's disrespectful and the yeah. ending the ending is just not in my opinion because i know there's probably people that definitely love this movie mm-hmm. the ending is for me not good yeah yeah but I'm going to have to give Annabelle five crayon demands out of ten. Fair. Yeah. I, I added an extra point because yeah. mine was five, too. Was it? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was torn between yeah, a five and a me six. Me, too. Right? I, I was between a three and a four on this because I was very yeah, upset. Was, I don't blame you, dude. And honestly. So the point and a half, James Wan and that scene came at a time where I was honestly getting bored with this film. And then that scene comes no, out of nowhere, yeah. and you're like, "Oh shit!" I'm locked in. This I'm is locked yeah. In. No, yeah. yeah, I'm back. Yeah. So that that's it. That's my score. Uh, I'm fine with it. In closing, for me, I would ask films to retire these old racial yes. tropes uh, for characters of color because, god damn it, man, like. Do better. Yes. Give the characters, the actors and actresses, yeah. give them something to do. Give them something to sink their teeth into because this ain't it. Yeah. And in this instance, it was a black character. I don't just mean black characters. Like, right. Characters of color fucking do better. Please. Like, please. It's a very humble ask. Yeah. But please. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Annabelle and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. And remember, be wary of dolls as gifts. Even if they're not marionettes, they may still come with strings attached. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>